You're listening to Cape Watch Radio with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through the book of Joshua. Call me sinners, poor, needy, and weak. He stands to save you now, full of pity and love, mighty power. He's willing and able, He calls you now. When we see these things coming up in our lives, when we see these trials and these, these tribulations that look so big, when they look so monumentous to us, oh, I wish we'd have the faith knowing that God wants to cut down that giant. God wants to break that stronghold that's been holding you back for years and years and years. God wants to take it away. Oh, if we would only have the faith to believe. People of Israel were afraid and they didn't have faith. The people of Israel missed out on God's promises because of fear. The giants we face in life may be big, they may be scary, but as Pastor Dave continues to lead us through the book of Joshua, we are reminded that our God is bigger. Nothing we face in this life is a match for His power. And here's Pastor Dave in the book of Joshua chapter 14 with part two of his message, The Reward of the Faithful. The northern ten tribes in the, in the scriptures are referred to either as Israel or Israel. Ephraim, whereas the southern tribes are only Judah. Some might point out that when you count the tribe of Levi, you end up with 13 tribes instead of 12. Technically, this is true, but remember, the Levites didn't get any inheritance. They didn't get any land. So, will we ever hear of the tribe of Joseph? My Bible scholars. Will we ever hear of the tribe of Joseph? I'm throwing you a biblical curve here. We talked about the tribe of Joseph. Revelation 7. Revelation 7 lists the 12 tribes, and it lists the tribe of Levi and the tribe of Joseph. But that's for another story. That's for another study. A lot of information there. We don't want to get too bogged down in what we're doing here. That's not the point of today's study. So that's why... You see the tribes the way they are. That's why there's the half a tribe of Manasseh and the tribes of Ephraim and no tribe of Joseph. So let's look at 6. As we come to verse 6 through 15, we come to what I think now is the most important part of this chapter. How many of you ever wondered whatever happened to Caleb? How many in your Bible readings, you read all about Joshua. Joshua's got his own book. But you never, what happened to Caleb? In fact, I had some people from this study come to me and go, whatever happened to Caleb? I said, hang on tight, you're going to find out. You're going to find out what happened to Caleb. Let's look at verse 6. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and the Kedzanite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. Judah was the first tribe that was going to receive their inheritance. Caleb was from the tribe of Judah. He basically was their leader. So he's there, and he reminds Joshua of an event that happened 45 years ago. An event that happened 45 years ago when he and Joshua and 10 other guys were sent out by Moses from the place called Kadesh Barnea, into the land of promise to spot it out, to spy. The Lord had made them a promise. 
Mordecai told them that because of their faithfulness, when they came back, you remember the story, they came back, and all of the other, the ten kept on saying, oh, they're giants in the land. Oh my gosh, we're never going to make it. We can't do it. But Joshua and Caleb tore their clothes in disgust and said, what do you mean? The Lord has given us this land. We can go in and we can take it. We can take it. You need to read Numbers 14 and then that whole scenario. It's pretty cool. The Lord had made a promise to them because they had faith and because they believed they would go into the promised land. But all the rest of them would die in the wilderness. And here Caleb is reminding Joshua of that very event. Reminding Joshua of that very event. Joshua was a man, I mean, excuse me, Caleb was a man of God. Caleb was a true man of God. He had courage. He had dedication. He had faith. He had trust. And the neat thing about Caleb was he was no different than anybody else in Israel. Meaning, he grew up 40 years a slave in Egypt. For 40 years, he was a slave in Egypt. He saw the Red Sea part. He ate quail. He collected manna. He was there. He saw it all. He saw the rocks spew the water. He saw everything, and he was there. It was no different, but he was a man of God. He was a man of God, and and God used him mightily. Used him mightily. And and we come now to the key of this chapter in verses 7 and 8. The key to this chapter. Caleb speaking, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out this land. And I brought back word to him, as it was in my heart. What was in Caleb's heart? He knew that God wanted to take the land. He knew that God had given him the land. And he knew that it was prime for their taking. That was what is in heart. And then he says, Nevertheless, my brethren, who went up with me, made the heart of people melt. Why did they melt? Oh, there's giants in the land. Oh, we can't defeat them. They're too big. How big is your God? And here comes the kicker. Caleb speaking of himself, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. Wow. I wholly followed the Lord my God. Man, I tell you what, if I ever have a a, a tombstone, wouldn't that be great to have that on it? Dave wholly followed the Lord his God. Wow. A lot can happen when you wholly follow the Lord your God. A lot can happen. People can see an awful lot of things about you when you wholly follow the Lord your God. And here we have, we're back to our victorious Christian life. The victorious Christian wholly follows the Lord, his, her God. The victorious Christian wholly follows the Lord. The victorious Christian is a person of great faith. Caleb was a man whose faith never wavered. Whose faith never wavered. Is his bio. His faith everywhere. He saw the giants, but he knew his God was bigger. He knew his God was stronger. He knew that God wanted to take him into the land. He and Joshua claimed victory over the Canaanites just by looking at them and knowing that God was going to be victorious. This was their mindset. This was what was in their heart that God had placed there. Oh, how God uses people of faith. How God uses people of faith like Caleb, like Joshua. How God uses people who believe not only that he can do something, but believe that he will do something. Believe that he's able to do all according to his purpose that's guaranteed in his word. Believing not only that he can, but he will. 
After studying the land for some time, Joshua and Caleb said, we can take it. God wants us to have it. Oh, I wish we'd have that type of faith. When we see these things coming up in our lives, when we see these trials and these these tribulations that look so big, when they look so monumentous to us, oh, I wish we'd have the faith knowing that God wants to cut down that giant. God wants to break that stronghold that's been holding you back for years and years and years. God wants to take it away. Oh, if we would only have the faith to believe. People of Israel were afraid and they didn't have faith. It's interesting that the word here in verse 8 is nevertheless. And if you remember Bill's study last week, he talked about the word nevertheless. It always sets up failure. It always sets up the wrong thing. Nevertheless, oh, we hear you, Joshua and Caleb, but we're not going there because we're afraid. That nevertheless just struck them down. My brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord. Caleb seen the great giants, but Caleb served a bigger God. Victorious Christian, we have a big God. We have a mighty big God. And we need to rely on him. We need to rely on him. What an example to us of the victorious Christian having confidence in God to accomplish anything that is before us, anything that's going to go there, it's incredible. As we read verses 9 through 12, Caleb now repeats Moses' words. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot is trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Moses is saying to those guys, You're going to get that land because you are wholly following the Lord. These guys aren't going to make it, but you are. And you're going to get this inheritance. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am, this day, 85 years old. Joshua is saying, the Lord has indeed kept his promise. I'm alive. Here I am. Here I am. Now I've come to claim my land. I want my land that the Lord told me I could have. 85 years old and feisty as ever. I love this about Jacob. He puts me to shame. He's 85 years old. He had great physical and spiritual blessings from the Lord. We should never see ourselves too old to be used by God or to conquer the strongholds that continue in our lives. What was the key to Caleb's victory? He wholly followed the Lord, and his faith was rewarded. There's no retirement from serving the Lord. There's no retirement from trusting in him. We don't get to a point one day as a Christian and say, Oh, I'm tired of trusting in the Lord. I'm just going to relax. Just going to sit back and swing on the swing and eat bonbons. No, we don't. That never happen. We never grow too old to trust in the Lord. We never grow too old to serve him. It, it doesn't happen. The Lord kept me alive, he said, for these 45 years. I'm 85 years old. And look what he says in verse 11. (laughs) And yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both coming out and for coming in. Wow. Because why? Because he knew where his strength came from. 
His strength came from the Lord. And he was solid in it. I may be 85 years old, but I might be able to whip you, Joshua. You old man. Joshua probably was 89. I'm pretty spy. I'm pretty feisty. My strength is not weakened because the Lord knows my strength. My strength will never weaken because the Lord is my strength. And even when I am weak, he is strong. The weaker I am, the stronger he becomes when I submit to his will. The stronger I become. And then look what he says. Now therefore, give me this mountain on which the Lord spoke in the day. You heard in that day how the Anakin were there, and that the cities were great and fortified. And it may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. The Anakin were the giants. The Anakin were the giants. (laughs) Caleb's not saying, I want to go to Maui. I want to get a condo and sit back and chill. Caleb's saying, I want that rugged mountain over there. I want the highest mountain over there because I know that's where those Anakins live and I know the Lord wants to destroy them and I'm ready. Let's go. Man, I love this guy. (laughs) This guy is great. What What an example of victorious Christian. What an example of victorious Christian. No matter what the obstacle, the Lord can take care of it. Keep moving. Give me this mountain, he says. God, you gotta love this guy. You really have to love this guy. Give me this mountain where the Anakin are. Give me this guy, man. This is great. And then Joshua does. Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephaniah, as an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephaniah, the Kenzanite, on that day, to this day. Why? Because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron formerly was Kerjeth Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakin. Then the land rested from war. So what do we see here? What I see, and what came to me right away, is that Jacob, excuse me, wrong person, Caleb was rewarded for his faithfulness. Caleb was rewarded for his faithfulness. Does God reward for faithfulness? I believe he does. I believe he does, and I think I can prove that. In the beautiful hall of faith, in the beautiful scripture of faith, in Hebrews 11, in Hebrews 11, specifically verse 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, talking about God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God rewards faith. God rewards our faith. How does he reward it? Healings. Strength. In the midst of adversity. He rewards it in so much way. And he gives us more of him. God rewards us. The psalmist said, delight yourself in the Lord. And what happens? He will give you your heart's desires. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. When you read the great set of spiritual gifts that Paul lays out in 1 Corinthians 12, he discusses and he mentions the gift of faith. And he shows us in circumstances that God keeps gives people faith when he's about to do something really strong that we can believe that he's going to do it. As the Spirit shows us, yes, God is going to do this. God is going to do a wonder here. 
then we believe it. We don't try to work it up on our own. We don't try to do this by ourselves, but we believe it. Why? What is God's purpose in giving us these things? So that we will wholly follow Him. When you're trusting in the Lord, when you're delighting in the Lord, and the Lord gives you the desires of your heart, I can guarantee it's going to be more of Him. It's going to be more of Him. The work of the Spirit is done not according to my will, but according to the Spirit's will. Caleb wholly followed the Lord. Caleb's love for the Lord never waned, even in the 40 years old, even in the 40 years that he was in the wilderness, it never waned. But it wasn't the land of milk and honey that appealed to him. It wasn't this land of milk and honey, and I think this is really cool. Like I said, he could have a beachside condo in Hawaii. He could have had something on the Mediterranean Sea. You know, something that was nice, he could chill on. But he wanted that rugged mountaintop. He wanted the most powerful stronghold that the enemy had. He wouldn't back down. He wanted Hebron. What was so powerful about Hebron? What made Hebron so important to Caleb now? Remember, Caleb wholly followed the Lord. So he had his eyes set on the prize of Hebron. What was so important about Hebron? Who met the Lord at Hebron? Abraham. Abraham met the Lord. And that is where Abraham was given the covenant prophecy that they would inherit this land. It was at Hebron. Hebron had communion with the Lord. He had fellowship with the Lord. He spoke to him face to face. And he gives him this great promise. And there's a, a place of love, of fellowship and communion. This is what Caleb wanted and cherished in his heart. Do you see the difference? Do you see the difference? He wanted communion with God. He wanted fellowship with God. And he knew that this was the place. This was the place that the Lord had showed him. This is the place the victorious Christians wants. We should want to be as close as God as possible. We should want to be so close to him that, that we can hear him heart, his heartbeat. I want to be like John and I'm going to lay my head on his breast. Oh my gosh. And hear him. Oh my. I want to hear him speak to me. A place of fellowship, a place of communion, a place of love. But this place, to get to this place, victorious Christian, you're going to have to fight. This place doesn't come easy. This place is surrounded by forces. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities, powers of darkness. They surround that place because they know that's the place of hope. They know that that's the place where we want to be. So our enemy is going to throw everything he can against you. He's going to throw the giants against you. He's going to throw the Anakin against you to keep you from going into that place. Satan wants us to compromise. He wants us to compromise and let him have a small portion. I'll come in and take a little bit. You can still have a little bit. No. We need to drive him completely out. We can't break down strongholds by compromising with Satan. We can't break down strongholds by compromising with the enemy. There's no compromise here. Because if you give him a little, he always wants more. He always goes for more. 
Satan doesn't want the plains. He doesn't want the plain country. He don't want where the cattle grow and the, and, the, and the sheep are happy all day. He don't want those places. He wants the high country that you want. He wants the high ground that you want because he knows he, if he can stop you from getting there, then you'll be the ER Christian. And people won't want what we have. If you're an ER Christian, why would anybody want what you have? You ever see an ER Christian? Why would you want what they have? I can have that in the world. But that joy, the joy unspeakable that Peter talks about, that joy that we have, that peace of God that surpasses all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds, where we're anxious for nothing, and we, we know our God is in control. But you just lost your job. Yeah, but God's going to get me another one. Yeah, but God's going to get me another one. Because that's how great of a God he is. And it's going to be better than the one I left. Aren't you worried? Well, you know what? My flesh is kind of excited, but I know God's in control. I know God's in control. Because what's impossible with God? What is impossible? Nothing's impossible with God. Nothing's impossible with God. But see, Satan wants us to believe that there are impossibilities with God. He wants us to believe that. As we try to claim these strongholds, as we try to be Caleb and get to those mountaintops, those peaks for communion, fellowship, and love with God, he's in our way throwing things at us, throwing these little darts to to sidetrack us. But we press on to the the high call. We press onward. We move forward, forgetting the failures, forgetting even the victories, and we move forward in Christ. Satan will let you have the meaningless land. But the rich prize land we have to fight for. But be of good cheer, Christian. Christ has already overcome the world. And when you're in Christ, you are an overcomer. You are an overcomer. Caleb saw Hebron as the place that regardless of the obstacles, he wanted it. And I love this about him. We should be this way too. We see the promises of God. And regardless of what obstacle or standing in our way, we know if God wants us to have that, we want it too. We want it too. Hebron was Caleb's reward for his faith. God gave him Hebron. Hebron, Caleb had such great faith that we're going to see in chapter 15 that he even shared it with his daughter. And his son-in-law, he shared it with others. He had overflowing faith. Are there giants in your life right now? I'm sure there are. I'm sure there's giants in in your life. Look at them as bread. Look at them as bread, victorious Christian. Look at them as bread for you, to give you strength. Because when you fight these battles which the Lord has already won, by the way. When you fight these battles, you come out stronger. You come out stronger in them. They're bread for you. They make you stronger. My charge to you today, Christian, holy follow the Lord. Holy follow the Lord. Amen. The book of Joshua details the Israelites' journey into the land promised them by God and the various adventures they encountered along the way. Through it all, one thing is clear. God keeps His promises and protects His people. Pastor Dave Shank will continue to teach through this Old Testament book on the next edition of Cape Watch Radio. But in the meantime, 
we'd like to direct you to our website at capewatchradio.com. Listen to an archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave or download and share them with your friends and family. You can also subscribe to Cape Watch Radio by searching on iTunes. Take biblical teaching with you wherever you go. It's a great way to add spiritual teaching to your already busy life. While we're so blessed to be able to bring you verse-by-verse studies straight from God's Word, we hope this isn't your only source of spiritual nourishment. The Bible impresses upon us the importance of community and the need to find a church family to help you grow in your walk with God. If you haven't found a church home and are in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May, each Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We meet to worship our Creator and study more deeply the guidance He's given us in the Bible. For our address and directions, please give us a call at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. Or visit our website at capewatchradio.com. That's all the time we have for today. But be sure to join us again for more on Cape Watch Radio.